0: Welcome to COVID and
1: Chill. Uh, I am your host, Daniel, as always. This week, I do not have a co-host, though I do have a guest who is going to help me out—my brother and brother Ben. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hello.
1: So, for the first like five minutes, we're going to talk about some movies and TV shows that we've been watching recently, some stuff you've seen, and some, and like just general media that you have consumed with your eyes <laughs> so uh i guess i um i don't know i saw uh let's I, I, I saw the first part of the documentary 13th earlier today which is a documentary about um it's about the mass incarceration of uh black people in the united states and the very big prison problem we have So that was, um, it was pretty sad. I didn't finish it, but I saw the first half of it. And yeah, that was quite interesting. And I know I have seen other things, but I can't really think of any. (laughs) Ben, have you seen any interesting TV shows or movies?
0: Uh, No, not recently. I haven't seen anything. Uh, But I have seen the documentary 13th before. I saw it in my junior year. What was the most shocking part for you?
1: Uh, so far, I don't know just how many, like, presidents were just so, so, like, racist in the way they locked up so many people. I was, like, kind of shocking. I was, like, wow. And, uh, and, and I guess, like, when I think about it, it's true, but I never really, like, internalized or, like, super realized how racist the war on drugs was. Like, never, like, I mean, I guess it was now that I think about it, but I never, like, yeah, never really internalized it. Yeah, it's, in, it's a very interesting documentary. I'll finish it sometime tomorrow, probably. Maybe tonight. And, yeah, does it just get more shocking?
0: Uh, it does, yeah. I'm going to watch it again at some point within the next week, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it's really good.
1: When did you watch it?
0: Uh, junior year.
1: Oh, so you watched it, like, two years ago? Yeah. Wow, that's Wow, I I didn't know it was made two years ago. So
0: that really. Pretty sure that's the one I watched. It was about imprisonment in the U.S. and how it disproportionately affects people of color.
1: I think that is it. Yeah, I think that's it. It's probably at thirteen. Yeah. Cool. Then, uh, yeah, and what other shows? I don't know. I watched a show a while ago, but I did watch um a show called. I forgot the name, but I mean, yeah, I just forgot the name now, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know, I just forgot, but are there any TV shows that, like, oh, what was that show called, uh, Dear White People?
0: Yeah, I've taken kind of a break from that with everything that's been going on and my injury, which I'll talk about later, I... (laughs) But, yeah, I was watching that for a while. Finished the whole first season, started the second one. What's that about? It's um, about a lot of things. I guess the biggest thing is it's about combating racism within an educational system, which is a college. It takes place in a college. And the title Dear White People comes from a podcast produced in the show that's called the same name. And it aims to kind of like point out what's going on in society and uh, the problems that we as white people have uh, when it comes to facing our own racial biases and how we treat black people and people of color in the United States.
1: Mm -hmm. It sounds interesting. Mm Yeah, I still haven't watched it, though. Yeah, there are a lot of Netflix shows I need to watch. <laughs> yeah, I need to... There's so many I need to catch up on. Uh, uh, all right, so now uh, we have some news to talk about. It's about news time. Woo, news. Oh, well, this is, like, the depressing news. And we have good news coming up later. But first, the first depressing news. So uh, some COVID stats right now. There is a... Um, there is expected to be a um, 90,000 increase um, in in deaths projected um, by August as states reopen. That's what's projected a 90,000 increase. And uh, wait, is that right? 90,000, that may be the wrong stat. I don't know because we have 100,000 deaths right now. That may be slightly off stat, but basically the projected number Oh, that is right? Really? That is right? Wow, that is a lot. Okay, so, and then the projected number of total deaths um, by August is supposed to be 149,690. Maybe that would actually make the 90k wrong, if the, because it's right now it's 110,000, and 90k is, plus that would be 20, one, would be 200,000. I don't know, whatever. But the point is, there's going to be a lot more. Um, They're supposed to spike again. by a lot. Have the cases in Montana gone up a lot?
0: Uh, Yeah, they've gone up a lot recently. We're still the lowest state in number of cases uh, in all 50 states. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's good news for us. (laughs) Um, But... Otherwise, we're going up. For us, we've had around 10 ish new cases per day, which for us is a huge amount. We had like a couple weeks with no cases, but now we're, I think we're seeing like a, a second wave, even though experts say that there's, that the first wave isn't over yet.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I don't- yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily supposed to be called the second wave, but it does seem like it's like coming up again. I guess. Yeah, I guess when if you look at it, like on a big like on a large scale, this is really just a tiny dip. So maybe they're just waiting for, like, they went. Maybe they're judging a second wave by once it goes all the way down and then all the way back up. That's the second wave.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that may be it. And then uh, our, our one, our only, our president, said uh, that if you uh, stop testing, there are no cases. I think Aiden has a clip for this because, to show us. Yes,
2: because today. they know, we know what we're doing. The stock market's ready to, to move. Never went down like a lot of people said. Wow, it's 23, 24,000. It was 29,000. It never went down like people would have assumed because they know what's happening. They know smart people, a lot of smart people. They know what's going to happen. We're going to have an amazing next year, one of our best. But we had the greatest year ever, and then we had to turn it off, artificially induced. We had to turn it off. And if we didn't do that, we would have lost 2 million people instead of whether it's 95,000, 100,000, one is too many, but we would have lost Two million people, maybe more than that. Maybe somewhat less. But think of it, even if it was a little less. Multiplying what we have by 20 or by 15 wouldn't be acceptable, wouldn't be sustainable. People would have said, what's going on over here? Multiply as bad as you've seen it. And, you know, you can say what you want about the flu, but I've never lost anybody to the flu that I know. I mean, I've had people, friends, they have the flu and they're sick, they don't feel good. And you call up, how are you doing? You know, three days, two days, a week later, they're fine. Nobody ever said they died. But I've lost five people that I know, two people were very good friends of mine. And you call up two days later, how are they doing? Sir, they're in a coma. I said, they're in a coma. Now, they were older. I wouldn't say they were in the greatest of health. I wouldn't say their weight was perfect—not perfect—but uh, they're gone. So it's just a terrible, terrible thing. In my administration, we believe in two beautiful rules: buy American and hire American. This afternoon, I also have great news on testing. You know, we've been doing testing at a level that nobody's ever done it before. We cannot get any, and we cannot get the press to write about it or write fairly about it. Nobody has ever done. We've done double what anyone else. If you add up all of the countries in the world,
1: we've done more testing than all of the countries in the world
2: added up together. Nobody's ever done anything like that. And we have the best tests. We have tested two months ago, didn't even exist. Our great companies came up with things Abbott Laboratories and so many others. They came up with things at Roche. They came up with things that nobody even believes. So, we have the best testing in the world. It could be the testings, frankly, uh, overrated. Maybe it is overrated. But whatever they start yelling, we want more, we want more. You know, they always say, we want more, we want more, because they don't want to give you credit. Then we do more, and they say, we want more. But we have the greatest testing in the world. But what we want is we want to get rid of this thing. That's what we want. We want to get rid of this thing. This afternoon, I also have great news on that testing. America has now conducted its 10 millionth test. That's as of yesterday afternoon. Ten million tests we gave. Ten million. And CVS has just committed to establish up to 1,000 new coronavirus testing sites by the end of this month. And uh, the 10 millionth will go up very, very rapidly. And don't forget, we have more cases than anybody in the world. But why? Because we do more testing. When you test, you have a case. When you test, you find something is wrong with people. If we didn't do any testing, we would have very few cases.
1: So uh, well, that's an extended clip. But basically, um, yeah, so you got the idea. And the logic is flawed in a lot of that statement in like every part of that speech. We I mean, to start from the start, I guess. Uh, Oh, you're muted right now if you don't know you're muted right now but uh yeah. at the start of the well first of all with the economy he may be a little bit right about that That didn't go down as much just because people knew it was going to come back again but then also with the testing he's just <laughs> the thing is with he just like totally got the math wrong with testing because the way that they determine the cases is they um If they take the tests per people and then they multiply it by the population of the country, they see how many people in like a thousand or how many people in a million actually have it. And then they multiply it to make it for the country because obviously they don't test everyone. So that's just wrong. And the more people you test, the more cases you have. So, yeah, did you, yeah, do you think anything more of it or did
0: I just like dumb? (laughs) No, I didn't think much of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Also, I don't watch yeah. Trump that much. I just read what he said afterwards, as to keep my brain cells.
1: <laughs> yeah, same. But also, as in terms of, uh, in terms of, which, um, uh, what, what was he saying? Yeah, in term, um, yeah, well, in terms of compared to other countries. That's also like just wrong because we, he is right that we have more cases than other countries, but like that's the, but that's because of the inaction. And that's also because we have a higher population than a lot of other countries, but that's mostly because of inaction. So yeah. And then actually on that, uh, this is coming up. I think this is coming up later, but, um, There is a, this topic is probably going to come up later, but just to say there was a um, sign posted in um, in Tulsa, I believe, before Trump's rally that was um, like some truck drove up with a screen and it was like the number of people Trump has killed and it was like a percent. It was like taking, because their experts said that 60% of the cases could have been avoided If we started testing earlier. So that's kind of it. Yeah, that's kind of depressing. (laughs) And also uh, Biden had a response to that, which I think Aiden is going to play in a second. Yeah, Biden had a response. Trump
3: said, quote, if we stopped testing right now for COVID-19. We'd have very few cases, if any. Testing now. We have very few cases, if any. It's a statement that's not only absurd, it's absolutely tragic. Yesterday, the head of the White House Task Force on Coronavirus, the vice president, claimed success in the fight because deaths are, quote, down to fewer than 750 a day. 750 fathers and mothers, sisters and brothers, uncles, aunts, husbands, wives, children dying every day, more than 20,000 a month. That's greater than World War II level casualties each month. That's more than five 9-11s each month. And this administration is engaging in self-congratulations. Maybe good enough for Donald Trump, but it'll never, ever be acceptable if I'm your president.
1: And uh, yeah, that's his response. So hopefully, um, yeah. Well, the most important thing is for to vote that everyone votes. So everyone who should vote can vote. I mean, everyone who can vote should vote. Not everyone who should vote can vote. Everyone who should who can vote should vote. One hundred percent. Please vote if you can, because yeah, if you don't, then you're part of the problem. <laughs> in fact yeah if if you don't vote no matter who you support you're supporting the other side <laughs> so uh yeah and then um the trump so the trump campaign also had an ad taken down for violating. you don't have to watch this clip because right, we're going to tie a bit long but basically uh hey face uh a symbol was taken down, an ad was taken down from Facebook for using a hate symbol used by the Nazi regime to classify political prisoners in concentration camps, which is a upside-down red triangle. Actually, it's a short clip. We'll show it. Yeah, it's an upside-down red triangle. So here is the clip.
3: Campaign ads for, quote, violating our policy against organized
2: Now the problem with the ad in Facebook's view and in the view of many others was the ad contained an inverted and upside down red triangle Um, and the Anti-Defamation League pointed out this morning that that triangle is practically identical to that used by the Nazi regime to classify political prisoners in concentration camps. Now, Facebook put out a statement just in the past few minutes saying that they have removed the ads for violating their policies against organized hate. Our policies prohibit using a banned hate group symbol to identify political prisoners without the context that condemns or discusses the symbol. That hate group, Brianna, it's quite surreal. That hate group that, that Facebook is talking about in the context of the Trump campaign is the Nazi party.
1: So, uh, yeah, it's likely that um, I'm get. It's likely that it was just some stupid like campaign organizer who didn't look into what the symbol means. Because I don't think anyone would intentionally like post the Nazi symbol, especially when you have the base of Trump, which is kind of yeah. So it's kind of a stupid move, but uh, it's likely that. It, but even still, <laughs> they should have done research, and it's. Yeah, pretty stupid. But then also, uh, it's kind of, yeah, as yeah, this also comes days after the administration uh, tried to, um, said to keep up the Confederate flag and uh, it, to keep Confederate flag and statues and, and Confederate Navy bases. So overall, this is painting a pretty bad picture with uh, a lot of hate groups, and stuff like that. Do you have any thoughts on it, Ben?
0: Um, yeah, just exactly what you said. I think it's likely just a mistake, but again, that's not excusable. It's inexcusable that they make such a mistake. Uh, I do think that Trump should be a bit harder on taking down Confederate flags and monuments, but of course he's not going to do that. Um, But if I were... A benevolent dictator of the world, then I would do that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We're going
1: to discuss that a little more. But also, um, John Bolton made a book on Trump that was um, basically, um, so yeah, John Bolton made a book on Trump that was a a book denouncing a lot of things. It's called The Room Where It Happened, which reminds me of Hamilton a lot. (laughs) and yeah there you go oh and uh yeah and Trump replied about it basically insulting John Bolton as he does anyone who insults him he like really harshly insulted him and uh said that it's full of lies and untrue which being fair it's possibly untrue like because it wasn't like fact-checked it is one person rang about this but in his book, he said stuff like Trump supported Chinese construction of concentration camps, also that trump uh asked China to help him get reelected and um, yeah, and really bad stuff like that so um I don't know, hopefully well it, and also I think it's now number one bestseller on Amazon. There's like a ton of preorders for it, so yeah. If it's true, then that's pretty sad. If it's not true, then, well, yeah, that that would be really crazy if it's not true and he just made it all up. But I I doubt most of it is made up. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It'll probably be confirmed in the next couple of, like, yeah, in the next couple of weeks or months. What do you think about it?
0: About the book, I don't think we can say much about it yet until unfortunately yeah. after the Trump presidency probably because that's when I think a lot of things are going to get revealed um, it's true so I would say it's some parts of it are probably untrue and maybe if you know like how much is true versus untrue that can be representative of how much of His whole presidency has been untrue, possibly. Uh, But I want to be careful not to make any assumptions right off the bat. Sure, yeah, that's fair. And
1: then, uh, yeah, also, um, so now Confederate statues all over the country are being taken down. Um, For example, D.C. protesters took down the only outdoor Confederate statue in Washington, D.C., Um, I actually saw it live last night. Um, Dad and I were just watching the news and it just came on like breaking news. And uh, basically they took down the statue and poured motor oil on it, then set it on fire. A couple of people lit joints on it. (laughs) And then, um, so, yeah. So do you think it's, yeah, there we go. That's a picture of it. Um, Ben, do you think it's right to... uh, take these statues down? And if it is, right, do you think they should be, like, taken down and moved to museums or just, like, completely destroyed, like a lot of the protesters are doing?
0: I think, yes, it's right to take them down. However, I disagree with the methods used. I think that I, with these methods someone could get easily injured with the statue coming down. And it's very disorganized. I think one person even died from a statue landing on his head. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I think so. Um, maybe it wasn't true. Uh, but I, would, I just wish that there were an easier way to do this. This probably might be the best way. I haven't thought about it too much, but it could be the best way to quickly take down symbols of hate uh, in the U.S., uh, in a perfect world, I think people should vote on it and, you know, like say, should we take down these statues within the next week? you know, just do a quick vote and then take them down if people say yes. But then again, the majority might not say yes and the majority isn't always right. Uh, so it's a very difficult topic, but I fully support. Uh, removing statues of confederate leaders and of colonialists like christopher columbus
1: oh well, yeah but now this gets uh well yeah i agree with you um so a lot of these confederate leaders statues should probably be taken down but i think i think it maybe not destroyed like i think it's no. um so people have mentioned the idea of mus- moving them to museums yeah like, I, yeah i think moving them to museums may be the best option um, in an ideal world but like you said it's possible that um, yeah it's possible that the only way that these are going to come down is if they come down through this type of like uh, yeah if they come down aggressively which is kind of, kind of sad to think about and I wish it didn't have to happen this way but it may be necessary that this is the only way that it could happen
0: it's the American way
1: <laughs> okay and then in terms of that, uh, also the George Washington statue um, was destroyed in, I'm not sure where it was destroyed, a George Washington statue in um, um, Portland, in Portland, Oregon, yeah, it was destroyed and it, they set a fire on its head. So that also brings up another question should um, should people destroy statues of if we're taking down statues of um, like, Confederate leaders, should we also destroy statues of founding fathers or people who own slaves? Like, for example, Thomas Jefferson, I looked this up, owned over 600 slaves, and some people are calling for statues of him to be taken down.
0: Hmm. Do you think? Hmm, That's a tough one.
1: I'm kind of stuck think, on it, also. I'm yeah, not sure.
0: I think. For someone like George Washington, we already learn a lot about him in history books, and he already gets a lot of attention. So I think maybe the main point of taking the statue down is that his figure is so amplified, and we're, by taking down the statue, we're helping to draw awareness to the fact that he's now really the angel that we learn him to be as in American history. Uh, So I think you could justify it. I'm not sure yet if I agree with it or not, but I think you can justify it for sure. Uh, And maybe instead of George Washington, you put up someone else, uh, like uh, a famous uh, African-American founding father or figure. Uh, there are. I really other. should know more. Uh, famous African American people would think about like how many statues there are of George Washington versus how many statues there are of someone like, I uh, Martin Luther King or, I or some other people. I know. Sojourner Truth, um, Harriet, like Tubman. Harriet Tubman, or something. Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I kinda of, I agree with you. I'm not I mean I think there should be some statues kept up. Maybe the amount of statues we have, um, could be could be a little excess and maybe some of them should be replaced, but I don't know if it's right to um necessarily take down statues of people who had who like we don't um who like have who have had slaves because like it's really hard it's a, because if we were to take down statues of everyone who like modern who modern day like who hold beliefs that according to modern day standards are bad then we would be taking down almost every historical statue because there's really no historical figures that didn't have beliefs that today we would say are terrible
0: well i think they might want to take down the George Washington statues and other slave owner statues, because while these figures seem he- like heroes to us, they're not heroes to uh, underrepresented groups, uh, especially uh, Black and Indigenous peoples. Um, like, if you, yeah, never mind. But yeah, their they're heroes are not our heroes. You know, and our heroes are not sure. their heroes. I think that's
1: part yeah. of it. Mm. Yeah. You're right. You are right. Yeah. They, we definitely have a different definition of who we would call, like, our hero versus how a lot of, um, yeah, how a lot of black people are, um, yeah, it, which we call our, a lot of black people would call our heroes, like, um, people who, yeah, people who could have owned, like, their ancestors or, Terrible stuff like that. So, yeah, maybe it w- is right. And then also, um, yeah, it, um, it's a hard question.
0: What? Oh, i yeah.
1: sorry. No, continue.
0: I I just looked it up, and I Washington D.C. I is nearly fifty percent African American. So that could be a big reason for mm-hmm. uh, why these statues are being taken down because they're being displayed and. The wrong and possibly even inappropriate place.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that may be true. Yeah. That may be true that you, they just need to select like which places to put these statues. Then, uh, in addition to this, uh, the new police chief retired. Um, it prob- he says it's due to, uh, according to the article, he says it's due to family circumstances and. Just because, yeah, just because it made sense for his family. And, uh, yeah, so he's retiring after 27 years of being the police chief. And, well, uh, even though he says it's due to family, it's obviously also probably due to a lot of the police tensions happening today. So he has chosen to retire. And maybe we'll, yeah. So far, the Newham police have... uh, I mean, no police group right now today is perfect, but the new police have kept a very good record so far with uh, racial minorities, but obviously there's still a lot of reform to be done. Uh, That's a way bigger discussion. And then, um, yeah. So if you don't have anything to say about that, do you have anything to say about that?
0: Not really. I can't say much about it since I don't live in okay. it even anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, here in Missoula, the police department have been taking uh, everything quite seriously. There hasn't been an increase in funding for the police, which is good, and they've also been supportive of all the protests going on. Uh, however, there is still work need to be done. They did uh, wrongly arrest a black man in Missoula about a week ago. That was like the biggest slip up in like uh, years that I've heard of. Yeah.
1: All right. Now it is time for good news. Yay. Woo. Good news time. Happy. Okay. So uh, today is the summer solstice, first official day of summer. That I may mean, be bad news for you if you don't like summer, but uh, <laughs> for most people in the world, that's good news. For some, for the small people, uh, for the small. The amount of people who don't like summer. I almost said small people. For the small amount of people who don't like summer. I guess that's bad news. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's summer. I, I'm okay with summer. Summer's fine. but It's brutally hot. And uh, there's a Black Lives Matter march yesterday in Newton that I went to. Um, I don't know if Aiden has a clip. Oh, he does. You're bad. Yeah, so there was a rally at the field. I think that's Aiden actually flying his drone over it. So that was a rally. yeah, there was a rally at the field after the march where they gave a bunch of speeches. Matter. Black matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black
0: lives matter.
1: And, yeah, and that's the, um, that was the actual march. That's, I think, as we're arriving at the school. Yeah, that's my video that I took, actually. So, yeah, that was the march yesterday. It was quite big. I think over, um, there, I watched a 7 News clip on it. I think it was over 200 people attended the march. And, uh, yeah, everyone wore masks, and it never really turned violent. It was, yeah. It was very peaceful.
0: Were there and, car yeah, protesters? Was,
1: no, none that I saw. In fact, actually, we walked in the carriage lane of Com Ave, and police closed off the, the lane for us. They uh, they had a police car blocking. They had police cars blocking the um, streets going into it, and we had a police car in front of us and behind us um, to make sure that yeah. And there were no counter-protesters that I saw. It's possible there were some places, but in general, I didn't see any. And then uh, even in the carriage lane, there were some very expensive houses. And uh, a lot of people actually got out of their houses and cheered us on. Or A lot of cars, when they drove by, they, like, whooped or, like, honked or stuff to cheer us on. Or maybe the honk was, like, to be countered, but we took it as cheering us on. Yeah. Have there been a big protest in Montana?
0: Yeah, there was one last weekend. Uh, it was, I forget exactly what date, I think last Saturday. Uh, there was a big one in Missoula and Helena. I was in Helena at the time, and uh, we had about... 300, 400, 500 people I don't know, very rough estimate I couldn't see all the people but it was like somewhere around there Uh, and in Missoula I think there was a couple hundred as well the Missoula ones are different than most other places because even though Missoula is the most liberal county in the US they uh, with the people here There's not a lot of follow-through, if that makes sense, uh, at least from what I've seen. So there's only been, like... I don't think there's been more than, like, 400 people at a gathering. Uh, And when when reality, there'd usually be, like, thousands. Um, There's also... Uh, there's also more counter protesters here uh, because Montana, you know, more conservative of course Uh, but there haven't been that many counter protesters in Missoula from what I've seen just a a few in Helena, that's uh, where I saw the most I think there's like about under a hundred, I would say under a hundred
1: cool, yeah and then, uh, yeah, we are went a little over this segment but that's okay we're gonna go through the good news pretty fast it's good good news so um yeah uh apparently tiny forests um are springing up all around europe inspired by japan to help re- restore biodiversity in europe i chose this just for you ben i chose this article <laughs> so uh yeah so um under methods of Japan of Japan's most famous botanists, Euro- European countries are beginning to dot their urban landscapes with tiny fir- forests, as it, um, productive and biodiverse as any in wilderness areas. So, and some are as big as tennis courts. So they're building. Yeah, they're increasing the biodiversity of plants and building up. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, and. I'm sure they're very pretty, also. It's cool. And then um, also, um, Malala um, Yousafzai. Oh my god, I totally butchered that last name. Yousafzai. But she is that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she is a. now um, yeah, if you don't know, um, it, she was a activist, and she was shot by the Taliban when she was um, in her in the head when she was. I forget how many years ago, but a while ago. Um, quite a few years ago, she was shot in the head by the Taliban. But then um, she yeah, um, yeah, she came back and became a very big activist and worked super hard to go to college and now has graduated from college eight years later. Yeah. And yeah, she completed philosophy, politics, and, econ- and economics degree. Oh, philosophy, politics, and, wait, what? Yeah, philosophy, politics, and economics degree at Oxford. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then in addition to that, uh, this nine-year-old skater um, performed beautiful routine atop DC Black Lives Matter mural. So um, I think, yeah. You can probably share that website, but, uh, basically it, she did a, um, it, where there's a big mural across the street in Washington, DC. She did a very great, and she did, um, this nine-year-old black girl did a um, skating routine there that was very beautiful. Very good. And she said, um, yeah, and it went viral. And yeah, it was to the song rise up. And then, uh, all right, so that is the good news. Is there any good news happening in your life, Ben?
0: Uh, In my life, not really at the moment. (laughs) I've got house guests, and I always like having company over. Uh, mm -hmm. So I guess that's the best news that's happened.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cool, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so... Now this is the interview part. So I'm going to ask you some questions.
0: Okay, sounds good.
1: So, you're in Montana. So, um, yeah, you're going to University of Montana right now. Unless you're not, that would be really weird if I thought you were and you're not. but uh, <laughs> So um, what are you majoring in and minoring in?
0: Like, what have you liked? Yeah, I'm doing several things at UM. I'm majoring in... Ecology and Organismal Biology, and I'm minoring in Spanish and Climate Change Studies. I'm also part of a program called the Global Leadership Initiative, which aims to get you more connected with the world, I, and also eventually study abroad, and I'm also part of the Honors College. So I do a lot.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very,
0: Very cool.
1: Is Montana definitely reopening in fall?
0: Yeah, we're definitely having in person classes in the fall. Uh To what extent? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure yet.
1: Uh huh. Do you know if there's going to be like, um, if they're going to force face masks or like have mandatory face masks?
0: I'm pretty sure they will. Uh, They're going to have pretty strict guidelines. I know that. But it's going to be in person classes, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very different
1: kind of the same thing here but we're not sure about in-person classes but well, we'll find out but if they do happen it's um we're not sure if it's going to be um it, it, well if they do happen it's mo- almost definitely gonna be you're gonna have to wear masks we may also do staggered grades i don't know it's gonna be a little more here because we have the second or third most coronavirus cases i think third most so yeah so ours is yeah we're gonna have a Difficult reopening. So hopefully, hopefully we uh, are able to open up in the fall. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, I was going to ask you this. Well, I know the answer. But the audience doesn't know the answer. Why have you submitted yourself to the horrors of the vegetarian and vegan diet? <laughs>
0: uh, I think it's way better for the planet than a traditional meat and vegetable diet humans actually eat way more meat than they should for their health like it's an excess uh, on average and since becoming vegetarian i think i've become healthier and uh, stronger but that i think that like again all the nutrients and vitamins you need and uh, all that is not like a legit reason to become vegetarian because you can easily do that on a meat-based diet Uh, I'm just going to say plant-based diet to mean like vegetarian and vegan, Uh, but for a plant-based diet, it's much better for the planet. That's the main reason I'm doing it. Uh, You can watch the documentary, Cowspiracy. It's super fact-checked, very accurate, Uh, but that documentary ultimately made me vegetarian, and it talks about the environmental impact of meat and to have a plant-based diet it's just so much more sustainable and that's what i love about it it's also delicious i love eating plants <laughs> you know like hey, you mean, today yeah just today i made sense. a vegetable soup
1: yeah you hey. made me uh, watch the documentary
0: <laughs> i did
1: and yeah i remember like one or two years ago you made me watch it oh okay it almost turned me vegetarian. <laughs>
0: not quite,
1: almost. Yeah, That's but I do recognize, yeah, I, I do recognize that, yeah, I know that meat, um, it has a lot of, um, it, I, I do know that meat has a, a lot of bad implications for the environment, but, uh, I don't know, for me, um, for me, I, I think, I do, en- I do enjoy eating meat, and, I think there are bigger things that, like, the government can do to help the environment that would, like, uh, drastically um improve things more than me just stop uh, – more than, like, me stopping um, eating meat. No, I have – I don't eat meat, like, in excess too much. I've had vegetarian meals. Like, sometimes I'll have, like – sometimes, like – I'll have a vegetarian meal in a day just because I look in the fridge and there's not much meat that's made. So I just keep some vegetables and rice. So I've had vegetarian meals before.
0: Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say you're really trying there.
1: No, I'm not trying. You're right. (laughs) I'm not really trying.
0: Well, actually, aside from taking less flights per year, which is really hard to avoid, being vegetarian is the greatest thing you can do to reduce your carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and also, because of supply and demand models that our capitalist system loves, the less meat you eat, the more it actually shows in government funding, and you'll actually be reducing carbon emissions for a lot of people, for everyone. I uh, follows through with the diet. It's like voting with your fork, basically.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I get the idea. Yeah, uh, I do get it though. I understand it. When was the last time you had meat?
0: Uh, on purpose or by accident?
1: By an, I don't know both. When was the last? Time? Yeah. Just... <laughs> uh,
0: by accident, I think I had meat like six months ago. I I had a mac and cheese salad, and it had chicken in it. Didn't realize it and tasted like metal in my mouth (laughs) Uh, and then I last had meat on purpose like one and a half to two years ago somewhere around there. I'm also trying to transition into veganism so soon I'm going to get rid of all animal products though I'm thinking in the end I'm going to be vegan at home but vegetarian when I go out somewhere. Else. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Cool. and then uh yeah. so then you also do poetry right i do right poetry. yes what's your um i don't know what's your favorite poet who's your favorite poet oh
0: my god wait my favorite poet or my favorite poem
1: your favorite poet
0: my favorite poet is jericho brown Uh, He writes these amazing poems that make you really think about uh, just, like, life in general. And he is a Black queer poet, so I can relate to the queer themes. And the Black part, it's more of an education for me, which I really like. Uh, His poetry makes me think. He actually wrote one recently for the New York Times, uh, which was really good. It's about, uh, gosh, I forget what it's about. I think it's about being, like, grateful for essential workers in this time. It's clearly about way more than that, but that's, like, the main first thing you see from it, I think. Uh-huh. What
1: poems have uh, what kind of poems have you written? Like, what are your, your poems about, usually?
0: Uh, everything. Climate change, love, getting the most out of life. I mm-hmm. I even wrote a poem about a car accident, so there's mm-hmm. a lot I write about.
1: You um, haven't been in a car accident.
0: I didn't... The car didn't get damaged, and I didn't get hurt either, but it would qualify as a car accident.
1: I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> you don't know it a lot of things stuff. about me. <laughs> some tea. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> What's um? Let's see. Uh, well, I, I'm going to skip around to some of the more interesting questions because we are running out of some time. But uh, talk about why is your what's the rollerblading story? How did you how did you take off most of the skin of your upper leg?
0: <laughs> First of all, I didn't take off most of the skin. I took off very little skin. Uh, but second. I was roverblading back home from the Woods lab here at UM. It's the lab I work at. And I I was I think like a couple of minutes I out the door. No, it wasn't the Woods lab. I was I was working there and I went to the university center to work on my homework for a bit and then I was roverblading back home, but that's not important. I I was just on a flat sidewalk and somehow I fell over. My roller blades came out from underneath me, like in the cartoons, and I smacked on my butt. So, I got big bruise and ended up going to the ER. And they just said, apply some pressure. I drink water, have some ibuprofen, put on some ice, and you'll be good. And. Right now it's day 3 of my treatment and I'm walking again with one crutch.
1: Was it oh was it just a bruise or was it like did skin come off?
0: Just a bruise. A tiny bit of skin oh. came off, but I was wearing shorts.
1: Oh, well, it's a giant bruise. Okay, because <laughs> from the photo, I saw it looked like it, it looked like it you, you had all yeah. the skin off, and it was like, I, I thought it looked like to me, like, you had all the skin off, and it was like, dead, but it was just a big bruise.
0: No, it's just a really big bruise.
1: Yeah. Alright, and then, um, <laughs> wow, that's intense. Then, um, yeah, you've you do a lot of hiking too, right? Well, I know, mm-hmm. yes, but like I'm gonna say right so you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and
1: then uh, what, what have been your like favorite hikes that you've done?
0: Oh gosh, um, I would say my favorite hikes. There's a mountain called Mount Jumbo in Missoula, and it's about seven miles round trip if you do this loop, and that's probably my favorite hike in Missoula. Uh, there's also Mount Sentinel right here, which is really great, but it's long and difficult, <laughs> so I don't like it as much. I'm actually going to, I'm hoping to do a fundraiser for charity by hiking. My plans are postponed, obviously, because of my injury, but once I feel better, I'm planning to announced a fundraiser for MTRAP, which is Montana Racial Equity Project and they work on helping to um, elevate Black voices and education in the community uh, in Montana and I'm hoping that I'll be able to say like, okay, if I raise this much money, I'll hike this far and I my final des- destination is going to be Mount Sentinel here. I'm hoping to raise enough money that I'll hike all the way to Mount Sentinel. Mm. But yeah, I've, I've done, uh, that's just like a little advertisement for my eventual fundraiser, uh, but I've done a yeah. ton of hikes around here. I uh, If you Google like Missoula, you can find just so many different hikes. I would say University Peak is also one of my favorite hikes. It's probably the longest and most difficult one that I've done, but it's really fun because it's... I got this amazing view at the top, and you feel super accomplished when you finish the whole hike.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so we're almost at the end of the time. But... Um... Real quick, I'm going to ask a couple more questions. So um, because I heard your roommate talking about this, this now uh, inspired me for a question. Um, (laughs) What would be your rapper name if you were a rapper?
0: Uh, First of all, that wasn't my roommate. That's my friend.
1: Uh, Not your roommate. Your friend.
0: I have no idea. Uh, Probably something about hiking and maybe vegetables i don't know <laughs> i hiker veggie. hiker not sure hiker
1: why not uh veggie hiker or um veggie climber climber veggie Nah. Veggie.
0: veggie. no i don't <like> that.
1: <laughs> and then uh a the question that we ask every episode which is for you to interpret how much sand is enough sand?
0: How much sand is enough sand?
1: Yes. How much sand is enough sand?
0: I don't like sand. I But, okay, I'm going to interpret this in a very weird way just because I I recently saw this question online. It's like, how much sand can you stuff in your mouth? So <laughs> I'm going to answer that. I would say... About three fistfuls is enough sand to stuff in my mouth.
1: <laughs> All right. We've got a lot of different answers that we've gotten. Uh, and my favorite one we've gotten is Winston Churchill.
0: This hmm. Winston Churchill is enough Does sand? Does he have anything to do with sand? Nope. <laughs> I mean, I guess he did do the, um, what's it called? Oh, really he
1: did the D-Day sure. raid, yeah. Yeah, D-Day. Yeah, yeah, D-Day. I guess he was in charge of organizing D-Day, which was the beaches, so which was on be- on the beach. So yeah, that was with D-Day am of saying Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. So that is our episode. Um, so do you have anything? Do you have any final words to say to the audience?
0: Uh. Stay safe. Brush your teeth. And eat more veggies.
1: <laughs> That's good. And uh yeah. Also call gals. your mom. <laughs> no <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, eat veggies, stay safe. That's good. And also, um, yeah, I don't know. Stay um yeah, stay safe from COVID and have a chill time. all right so um yeah goodbye everyone thank you to all essential workers and doctors who are doing doctor things and uh yeah